What is going on, beautiful people? It is your boy, Jesse, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, and you are listening to the Christ Convo Podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this episode blesses you. Without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. What is going on? We are back on another episode with the Christ Convo Podcast. I got a guest with me, you know what I'm saying? This is my brother, my spiritual brother. His name is Otis. Man like Otis, you know. Man like Otis, you know. Man like Otis, you know. <laughs> nah, man, I wanted y'all to hear from my boy Otis, you know what I'm saying? My brother, he has so much wisdom. Um, the hand of God is really on his life. And um, he has a powerful, powerful testimony. Um, he and I now go to the same church under the same leadership. Um, and I kind of just wanted him to talk about his process of how he got here, you know what I mean? Because... It, it was powerful. So, yeah, man. Um, tell us who you are. Tell us where you're from. Tell us how you got here, bro. First of all, Jesse got me out here looking all, feeling all bougie and <laughs> feeling all bougie and that. But um, uh, my name's Otis, um, Otis Reynolds, as Jesse said. Um, you know, I have a story. I'm from England. Um, I'm 24. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, that's me, man. Otis Reynolds, 24. Here in Virginia, go same churches. Jesus, Jesse, <laughs> I'm weak. So how did you, how did you get over here? <sighs> how did I get over here? So, boy, it's it's a long story. Um, so let me just start back. 26th of December, I was on Clubhouse, and Jesse's leader at the time, Prophet Jordan, uh, he was on Clubhouse with two other ministers and they were praying prophesying getting people on etc i didn't know who any of these people were but anyway i found it so i came on to the clubhouse and when i came on i was going to come off because i just thought to myself you know what i don't even know if i'm going to get a word and to be honest i wanted a word <laughs> so uh, i yeah. stayed on but i was about to come off because i wasn't that desperate mm-hmm. and um the lord spoke to me and it was about 3 a.m at the time because i couldn't sleep and the Lord said, stay until 6 a.m. And that was three hours after. And I can't lie. I stayed on for a few hours. I fell asleep for some minutes in there. Mm. And um, anyway, six o'clock comes and I feel a ping. And Jordan brings me up to the audience. So because I said until six, as the Lord said, Jordan then brought me up. Jordan brought me up and he prophesied my whole life, told me everything about me. Uh, my past, my present, my future. He wow. just read me like a whole book. Wow. And um, after that, I guess a few days went by and I just couldn't get it out of my head, couldn't get him out of my head, couldn't mm. get the situation out of my head because he really prophesied to a T and it really was like a, like a, he just struck me. It really was like a sword in my heart, like it struck me. And, yeah. Excuse me. Um, I messaged him on Instagram. I found his Instagram and messaged him. And... Um, it was funny because when I messaged him, I told him everything and he told me how he had a dream about me. And we FaceTimed and, you know, I said to him, I don't know what this compelling feeling is, but I feel like I need to be where you are. I feel like I need to move to where you are. I feel like the Lord's leading me to be where you are. Mm. Um, but I don't know you. I don't yeah. know anything about you. don't know yeah. your ministry. So this might sound weird, mm-hmm. you know. So he told me, you know, he feels similar, but he wanted Lord confirmation from me first. So he said, pray and fast ask God for signs and when you get the signs come back to me so I fasted for seven days no food just water 
and I asked God for three specific signs. The one sign at the time I was studying university in Michigan and I asked God if this is your will for me to go to um, Virginia, this other state, then tell the university that they don't want me anymore. I don't know what reason to give, but give me a reason why they don't want me to come back. And at this point, I had a full scholarship. I was captain of the soccer team. Wow. Um, so there was no reason really to why. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was number one. Number two was give me a dream about me working under Jordan in whatever shape or form. Mm. And the third one was me telling my mum and for her to be okay with it. Because if I tell my mum that I've just met a stranger on Clubhouse and I feel like the Lord is bringing me to him, <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. It ain't going to happen. So it ain't going to happen. Yeah, so anyway, fasted seven days. First day, woke up email from the university telling me that they don't want me to come back they told me that they didn't want me to come back due to financial reasons they said because of financial reasons we feel like you need time off or time away so we're not going to accept you to come back uh, for the spring but um if i want to apply in the future i can so that was sign number one yeah. sign number two third day i had a dream of me under jordan uh, he would give me directions and i'll do everything he told me to do in the con congregation of people and the third one obviously i went to tell my mom and she responded and she said to me, do you feel like it's God's will? And I said, yes. And then she said, go. So it was so wow. easy. So from there, I was like, okay, call Jordan. Said, Jordan, had my signs. Everything's came through. So um, <laughs> I guess now I'm coming. I'm on my way. So I'm on my way. So this is now January. And uh, because of COVID and restrictions and stuff, it took months for us to literally for me to come like we had flights booked in like march and and different months but it all kept getting cancelled and you know during this time jordan was still training me he brought me into the nova hub academy with the prophets and stuff so he was still training me yeah um but even in this time i was still in england and i kept trying to come over but kept getting cancelled and then when i went over to um it was april then I, ha I found out I had to go to another country first. So I had two weeks in Dubai, which was absolutely beautiful. Brody was chilling. I was chilling. Listen, that was meant to be a, a COVID-19 quarantine. Vacation. That was a COVID-19 vacation time. That was a tourist was time. I was palm trees and everything. having I'm like, fun in Dubai by myself. Just chilling. But um, yeah, and I'm from Dubai. Then I came to America. So that's the story. But even little bits in the story, when I went to the airport, uh -huh. um, they tried to turn me away um when i was originally going from england to dubai they tried to turn me away due to the restrictions mm. but when the woman found out i was a christian she saw my letter and she then said to me oh i'm a christian she goes you favor. know what go doing god's work go go do god's uh kingdom go build the kingdom of god that's literal favor so that literally put me straight through um and then when i went to dubai it was fine and from dubai to america um the america tried to stop me as well yeah. tried, i was literally held in like the police offices for like an hour because they didn't believe what I was doing. But yeah. by the grace of God, eventually they allowed me to go forth. So now I'm here. Even I remember that because we were in a three-day fast. And yeah, yeah. I FaceTimed you and we all began to pray that you would be let in to the U.S. Um, when you were coming in. Yeah, so. they, they literally took me away from everybody else. And mm. they literally just questioned me. They didn't believe me. They asked me so many questions. They rang numbers. Um, but you know at the end they eventually let me through so that's amazing yeah you know that's something that happens that's a regular occurrence i don't know if y'all were listening to my last podcast with becky but i don't know it's just something about the move of god that makes people literally pick up their stuff and leave like even what jesus said pick up your take up i mean what was it who, who did he ask to leave was it peter the tax collector 
or was it a fisher fisherman yeah follow me and then i'll make you fisher of men um but yeah like there's a trend now where people are literally moving flying from all across the nation just to be part of the move of god yeah and and i'll say and add, add to that like with me you have to understand like i was in england i was living in a house i was set oh um, yeah i was chilling um you know I, there was no reason or need for me to come yeah there, there really wasn't um mm-hmm. this literally made me drop everything my studies so university had to drop it um i've still got what i've got so far but i yeah. couldn't continue it due to the fact that god was calling me here mm-hmm. um you know i left family left friends left home wow um to come because god told me to come and it was just as simple as god give me free signs and yeah. he gave me those free signs so I, now i have no excuse now what is my reason for me to stay and you know i feel like there's times where god will ri- literally talk to us and there's times that god will actually show us the things that we ask for yeah but then some of us are still like kept in comfortability and so so kept in what we know yeah. because think about it faith faith is scary man and yeah. my whole move as much as it sounds great it was scary i was moving to a place where i've never been before with people i've never met with a leader that i've i've listened to once on clubhouse yeah <laughs> like everything was just so crazy yeah but i had to be obedient to the voice of god well let's to. be honest i don't have to yeah but because of um who god is to me yeah and because of where i'm going i have yeah. to be yeah. i choose to love god yeah. so you know that's literally how it works because it's not the same because I was in New York, but I had an encounter with Prophet Jordan just like that as well. But before he and I ever even met or spoke, I was having dreams and visions of me serving him, casting out devils with him, preaching with him, you know, traveling with him and doing the ministry. And then he and I talk and then he begins to prophesy to me and read me like a book, just like he did with you. So I began to pray on it. But like there was this drawing and it was weird. I never felt it before for a ministry or for a man that I haven't even known for like a week. And so then even with Shane and I coming down here, this was someone I never even met before. This type of stuff is not logical to the human eye. It makes absolutely no sense. But obviously we were hearing God because we got here. There's community, there's love, there's support. Obviously something's right. You know what I mean? To the spectators who saw what we did, they were probably like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? How does this make sense? But then when we get here, we see the reward and we see what God is doing. So there's obviously some form of effectiveness. But, but you, something you said is key. Like you said, when we got here, we saw the reward. Yeah. But I feel like there's times where we want to see the reward before we get there. Yeah. And there's times where we have to understand that we have to just trust the process to get to the reward. Literally. Trust the process to get to the promise. Yeah. There's a whole path that leads to a reward. But because mm. of our fear and insecurities, we want to see the reward halfway and at the end. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't. A hundred meter race, it doesn't stop halfway and at the end of the race. Yeah. It's one end to the other end and it's done. Mm. So during the process of you running it's going to uh depending on how fast you run obviously you win first second third whatever yeah. but you get to the reward you get to the prize and the and the the process is done once you finish the race yeah. then you get the rewards then you get the gold medals then you uh-huh. get the silver medals then you get the bronze medals you don't get the reward halfway through yeah so wow yeah. that's powerful so what would you say you've learned since you've been here <sighs> what have i learned my gosh what haven't i learned the question um <laughs> I think one of the main things that I've learned is to be uncomfortable. Mm. I feel, yeah, I feel like regardless of who you are, if you are looking to follow God and if you are following God, if you're listening to this, if you are, 
following God or if you're not this whole walk of God is not a comfortable one yeah it's not it's never meant to be comfortable it's never. meant to be a suffering one but suffering meaning dying to yourself ki killing to your flesh and killing to your desires your will your emotions and since i've been here you know i've come out from a place of me living by myself to now me living with my brothers in an apartment yeah and you know as much as i love being here and i love the community and the family it still takes adjustment to be somewhere by yourself for so long living by yourself to now yeah. living with people now you have to think about other people's time other yeah. people's who's going to use the bathroom next yep. uh my god <laughs> the food the if people go out to get food like is, is he going to get food for everybody like there's so much <laughs> thought and things that literally has to be uh put in um it, it really does make you uncomfortable everything about um, this is uncomfortable because it, it causes you to die. Yeah. Literally. It genuinely <laughs> causes you to die. You know, and I'm thankful. Yeah. Because, you know, the more we die, the more we become like Christ. Yeah. But dying is not easy. No, it's not. <laughs> and most people, yeah, Lord, you know, I surrender all. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the easiest yeah. statement that is said without the actual power of the words that is being said yeah it's like yo if you when you're really saying god i surrender all you're not just saying i surrender the that little boyfriend or that little girlfriend or yeah. that the sport you want to play or the thing i surrender all means every single little detail about Your yourself life. that you have yeah. planned that you have put ahead of you you have wow. surrendered to me so because you have surrendered that to me now i take the lead so you cannot complain because you've been saying to me lord i surrender all wow. do not tell me i surrender all but at the same time i'm trying to pull back my your own plans it, you have to either understand you honestly mean i surrender all or, you or you're don't. saying lord teach me how to surrender all. Mm. there's a difference yeah and that's what i'm saying sometimes we can get lost in our words we can get lost in what we actually say but we should actually start saying lord teach me how to surrender all because for me having everything that i've wanted to now saying god i surrender all i'm not going to get it like that yeah. i'm not going to understand that concept overnight yeah i'm not going to understand when friends when people when when school when sports when whoever and whatever gets taken away from me comes yeah. from me saying i surrender all am i emotionally going to be ready for that am i mentally going to be ready for that so i have to continue to say lord teach me how to surrender all teach me how to die to myself not lord uh uh humble me right now i don't know what that's going to look like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean lord be patient with me te te teach me how to die to myself um be patient with me as as i as i give you my desires that's yeah. the whole point of grace and that's the whole point of mercy like yo grace is the empowerment to change like that's what yeah. grace is for the yeah. empowerment for you to change the empowerment mm. for you to do uh for go from one lifestyle to another yeah so yeah so now my question is this if y'all ever meet otis he's such a loving person very <laughs> understanding people always be going to him for advice y'all be hitting his phone up mad late and stuff y'all gotta let my brother sleep up in here mighty god amen so i wanted to ask like how do you think you got to that point what was your process in god teaching you and i know you're still learning but mm -hmm. there's obviously something that occurred in your life that made you so willing to understand because i ain't gonna lie there's people that otis is willing to you know be patient <laughs> with and i'll just be like mm, you you kind of annoying but praise the lord for you and i love you but otis is, has he has a he has a patience to him he has a willingness to deal with people's imperfections that i just currently don't right now and you know the lord is working on me with it but i consistently tell him like he's an inspiration um and i'm just curious to know like what was that process like how did you always get to that man um how did i always get to that i think one thing about myself is that i've always been loving in nature mm -hmm. i've always been very loving but i think 
where it really kicked in for me to be as understanding and to be as patient is for me to understand that oh it's you have issues too yeah and it was like okay how one of my prayers that i always prayed and still do praise lord please do please um make me stay away from being a hypocrite lord i do not want to be a hypocrite please do not make me a hypocrite i can't preach the gospel and be judgmental towards people Mm. It, you know if jesus accepts all i need to learn how to accept all yeah and this is the thing like just because someone has different issues to me does not make them less valuable in the eyes of god yeah i am just as valuable as all my other brothers and sisters yeah. i don't care what issues they have i don't care what problems they have if they love jesus and they want to walk the same path as me i'm going to do everything in my power to get them to be exactly how god wanted them to be and don't get me wrong being understanding and being loving doesn't mean you know you're not frustrated it doesn't mean that you know it's not hard but again this goes to dying to yourself it's like man it's like for example when you overcome a fear the only way you overcome a fear is if you do the fear the mm. only way you love is if you love beyond your capacity to love that's yeah. when you now reach into the the realm of jesus because yeah. it's, there's a there's a peace that surpasses all understanding there's a love that surpasses all understanding there's a there's an understanding that passes all understanding yeah. literally in jesus yeah. so because i'm trying every day to be like him wow. i understand that in every situation how would jesus talk about this girl right here mm. how would jesus talk about this prostitute how would jesus yeah. talk about this stripper how would jesus talk about this rapist how would jesus talk about this uh this person that is just living you know away from him yeah you know what's what's the point of us trying to go into the realms of death go into the the, the world and draw people in if i'm going to judge them yeah it doesn't make sense how can i how can i be so passionate about getting people from the world uh, into christ but now when i get them in christ i now judge them it, I'm either going to push them back into the world where they actually feel comfortable and safe yeah. or I'm going to bring them into a culture which is real love and which is real understanding and real patience I believe the reason why there's there's not a lot of people that is understanding and is loving with people's issues is because of selfishness mm. I feel like we really do forget where we came from wow. I understand my addictions I understood where where my faults were I understood what I couldn't stop doing I understood that I was a flawed man who's still flawed who's trying to reach perfection yeah. I understand that I'm still on a pro Process. I understand that even though I'm getting better, I remember where I came from. So how dare I judge someone? And how dare I come for someone's personality? How dare I come for someone's uh, um, uh, characteristics when they could have been abused? But just because I don't know about it, who gives me the right to judge? Yeah, this person could have been molested. This person could have been raped. This person could have been lied to their whole life. Now they have rejection issues. Now they have lost issues. Yeah. Now they have all these issues. And I see them not going through what they went through, but I see them with the issues they have. I now have a choice. I have a choice to to claim them as the issues they are and who and what they have. Or I have a choice to look beyond that and see who has God called them to be. Because God did not call them to have these issues. Satan came through, through, a, through a man, through a woman, molested these people to try and disrupt and bring the spirit of perversion. Perversion is the twisting of something. Children are innocent. Children have no um, intentions to necessarily do evil because they are innocent minded. Hence why the Bible tells us to have like childlike faith. We are meant to have yeah. childlike faith. Yeah. So honestly, I, I really just think it's a, a thing where we have to get past our own flesh, get past our own desires. And it really is just a... Otis, when I continue to kill Otis, when I continue yeah. continue to kill my own um, frustrations, my mm. own stuff, then yeah. it births in me a new level of patience. You know, it's funny. Even when I asked that question that you started talking, 
I feel like sometimes when we ask ourselves, how do we do this? How do we get there? We expect some deep, mysterious answer when the point of it is to just be willing. Yeah, 100%. Just change. You know, and even when you were talking, you were resonating with the stuff that I do because I do that. <laughs> I'll say stuff and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, you got to fix this. This is that. And I've even spoken to you about, uh, about this before, but I'm starting to see that people do not wake up and become the way that they are just because they want to. Something had to have happened. And so even now, God is just kind of shifting my perspective in that. Like there was, was t- there was a time where Otis and I, you know, we spoke. And I was just telling him how he he was telling me, you know, you got to be more patient with people. Um, And I'm just like, I don't really feel like doing that because people be tweaking. Um, And he was just, you know, it's a patience issue. And it was when we're like this, people who are like me or people who think like me in the moment that God is bringing out of that thought process. It's like we sometimes blame the other person for the way that we think about them. Yeah. When it's not like. The Bible says to let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, meaning we have the ability and the authority to determine the mental process we give to things and different situations. We can't say that, you know, what I mean, we have freedom. We have the choice to decide how we want to think about people. And so we can't use people's character flaws to determine the way that we think about them, the way that we speak about them. Yeah. You know, and I feel like it is also a pride issue. You know, it's a lack of humility. Because we say this all the time that cert- it's like in the body of Christ, we deem certain sins higher than others. Yep. We deem certain issues, you know, more, more devilish than others when all issues are issues. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it's like, we'll excuse. I've seen this all the time. Like, we'll excuse and we'll determine which issues we want to deal with versus dealing with all of them yeah. versus having compassion with all of them. I remember Jordan said something. And um, Prophet Jordan said something and it wrecked me. He said, um, he said, he's, he, he was like, just to mess up your theology, just to mess up your theology, Jesus Christ, your savior, um, struggled with the temptation of child molesting, yeah. of raping people. People are going to get, people are going to just question you by even yeah. saying that right now. And I was like, wait, what? And Jordan was like, well, if he didn't struggle with that temptation, how was he able to die for them and become a sacrifice? There's been so many rapists, so many child molesters, so many murderers yeah. who have met Jesus and came into the kingdom. But if Jesus was not able to overcome their temptation and their weakness and the things that they did, which we consider, you know, out of, like out there in society, you know, we consider murdering out there. You know, if you if someone goes and shoots up a school we consider them you know crazy Mm. right Mm. but you know what's interesting the bible says if you hate your brother you're a murderer murderer and so the crazy part is we'll we'll look at school shooters and and like i hope people are really listening to me i'm not saying school shooters don't deserve consequences or anything like that like they're wrong and that's terrible and it's it's unfortunate that when those types of things happen but we look at them and we classify people who hate their brother differently when the Bible says, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Mm-hmm. And even then, the following verse says, do you not know that a murderer does not have mm-hmm. eternal life residing in him? Yep. So either way, like murdering is not an action. Yeah. It's a heart issue. 100%. So like even when we look at those types of issues, you know what I mean? Like we got 
even with lust, you know, we look at masturbation and pornography differently than we look at fornication. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery in your heart. You've already committed sexual immorality. So it's just the way that we look at these things. It's that perception. Yeah. And just to clarify, when I said um, childlike faith, the Bible says for us to enter the kingdom of God, we need to become like children. Yeah. The Bible doesn't necessarily say childlike faith, mm -hmm. but it's basically talking about when to enter the kingdom of God, it says we need to become like children because children, yo, they're so innocent. They do whatever. They will yeah. jump off yeah. high things. They will touch things because they have no concept of understanding. But when you have no concept of understanding, you risk it all. Yeah. You understand? And I just wanted to clarify that before someone tries to theologically correct me and say, yeah. there's Bible doesn't say childlike faith. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even then, like, lean not unto your own understanding. But even with, like, that stuff like that, like, whenever I do this podcast, bro, like, I'm, I'm not even focused because I know people's hearts posture when they do stuff like that. Like, yeah. it's always about argument. Art, it's always about an argument. It's always about trying to prove that somebody's wrong and it's just like what's your motive like why are you so intentional to make sure that somebody is wrong like Amen. also and then not even teach a better way like so many youtube videos so much foolishness yeah. like about correcting preachers about correcting leaders talking about oh such and such is of the devil and these people have the nerve to say the holy spirit led them to make this video the bible says if you have an ought with your brother go confront him yeah. privately mm -hmm. and then if he doesn't listen to you then you bring the elders you bring it to the public and things of that nature yeah mm. so now my question is this i guess i could talk about it so what are your thoughts on just the things that are going on in the body of Christ. I guess we could start off with the Chandler Moore situation. Ah, okay, cool. What do I think about the Chandler Moore situation yeah. regarding the photo? Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, Chandler Moore had a wedding and um, he got married. Congratulations to him. Yeah, congrats. And there was a photo that he posted with um, him bending his wife over. Later, we found out when he posted um, an apology. Um, he basically said that he was just dancing with his wife. And obviously it caused a lot of controversy in the body of Christ. Yeah. Half the people was like, yeah, go ahead. Like, that, that, that's your wife. You're married now. Do what you want to do. She was throwing it he, back. Throwing it back. And then the other half was just like, you know what? That's, that's just not right. Yeah. Um, my thing on it is this. Is my wife going to dance with me in my wedding? Yes, she is. A hundred and fifty-five percent. Listen, we we're going to be doing all that at my wedding. You understand? Like, my wedding is going to be a place where I'm going to have fun. My yes, wedding Lord. is going to be a place where there's going to be safe yes, people Lord. around, and you know all that stuff. And I will take photos and I will take videos and stuff. Now, my only issue with that was the intention behind that post. Mm. Um, and, and this is something that we will never actually know what the actual motive was, only between him and God. Yeah. Um, but for him to just post a photo of him bending his wife over, I think it's not like it's necessarily doing anything sinful, but it's the fact that people who are too... He, I guess he has to be smart or we as Christians have to be smart how the world does see us. Yeah. We're meant to be set apart from the world, which means that we can't be doing the things that they're doing. Yeah. Meaning that there has to be some kind of difference in standards or yeah. some kind of difference in morality uh -huh. than we, what we actually uphold, especially to the public eye. Yeah. Especially if you're someone as famous as Chandler Moore worldwide and, and he's seen bending over a wife. As yeah. I said, and I clarify, I don't see necessarily him dancing with his wife and doing all that bending off the stuff at his wedding wrong. Listen, yeah. go ahead and enjoy yourself. Yeah. I just don't think it was the wisest of choice. 
choices. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I think I don't think it was the wisest of choices. Mm-hmm. So but go ahead though. Why do you think? <laughs> no, because I agree, because we're going to be having fun in my way. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Me and Otis, we listen to African music. You feel me? You dead upon my mind. Oh, my gosh. You dead upon my mind. And Jamaican music. Big up my Jamaicans my out there. Like I'm, Otis, I'm Jamaican as well, so big up my Jamaicans out there. Mighty God. <laughs> but I just feel like, because we were having a discussion with him and I and a, a couple of other our friends, and we were sort of just talking about like even the whole conviction thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to me, I don't know if this was Chandler Moore's heart, you know, just like what Otis said, this is between him and the Lord, and he has to confront God on what he did and things of that nature. But it's starting to seem like in the Christian faith, people are now trying to see how close they could get to the line without sinning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we have a friend named Tuan who says, he always quotes that scripture where it just says, there's certain things that shouldn't even be named amongst you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not because that they're not because there's sin, but it's like, why are these named among you if you consider yourself kingdom people? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like it is that causes people to see how close they can get to the line without sinning? Because they haven't yet died to their self. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only answer. Yeah. I feel like there's part of them that still has desires or certain carnal mindsets, which makes them want to do the things that they're not ought to do. Uh But it's like, if I don't necessarily do it, but I get close to it, Mm. then I can kind of have the satisfaction that I want, Mm. but still try and be obedient at the same time. Uh, But then God knows the motive of your heart. So even though you think you're being slick, God sees your slickness. Mm. And, you know, it just reminds me of, you know, when uh, the Bible talks about, you know, you prophesied in my name, you cast out devils in my name, you you healed the sick in my name. You know, Lord Lord turns around and says, you know, depart from me. I never knew you. Just as those people may be trying to get close to the line, maybe generally trying to get those satisfactions and be obedient. Yeah. You know, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, as the Bible says. Yeah. The Bible also says the kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. There's something or there's yeah. some place in your mindset, in your mentality or in your soul, which is divided. Mm. If the Bible says that love, Jesus said, love what I love and hate what I hate. Yeah. There's no middle ground in that. There's no... You know, keep your little satisfactions that are against me. Yeah. Get as close as you can, but just don't sin. Yeah. Because again, that's the motive. Yeah. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who shall know it? You don't yeah. even know your own motive sometimes. Mm. You don't even know your state of your heart sometimes. Jesus. Oh, God, look at my heart. I'm, 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 I'm a, I've got a good heart. How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you know you've got a good heart? Wow. You, you might have good intentions in a moment or two, yeah. but you you have not got a good heart because the Bible says it, it is deceitfully wicked. Yeah. Not that it might be or it may yeah. be, but it is deceitfully wicked. Yeah. So I generally feel like those who generally are trying to push their satisfactions haven't gone through that path of dying to self because mm. to get into the kingdom of god it is a narrow world yeah. it's a narrow road and that's a narrow path yeah. which means that you have to be quite small quite yeah. thin yeah. which means desires have to be cut off yeah. your emotions your will has to be cut off all your yeah. little satisfactions and yeah. the carnality and your fleshly motives have to be cut off yeah. because you can hide it from man but you can't hide it from god mm-hmm. and it's not no narrow road that we picture in in human form but this is narrow road that god has you can't carry your own stuff through this narrow road yeah. you're going to get caught out by god mm-hmm. so yeah that's my take on it that's so interesting i'm really trying to figure out was there anything you wanted to say is there anything anything in addition i guess to this whole like thing bro you're here 
you notice stuff. Well, I, I know see. I asked you what you've learned, but I think I think I just, I'll say this. I I encourage everyone mm-hmm. and anyone to follow their dreams, their desires, or what God is telling them to, even though the odds are stacked against you. Yeah. God will always prepare a way for you if he has made a way. If he has told you there's a path, he will make a way for you to go on that path. Listen, even me getting to America and Dubai, I didn't even mention it. I didn't pay for anything to do with that. Yeah. I was blessed with the opportunity. I was yeah. blessed with the finances to go. Yeah. If God is telling you to do something, but you're worrying about your finances, you're worrying about you're not old enough, you're worried about not having the right degrees, you're worried about not having the right connections. Yeah. I'm telling you, if God has told you to apply for that job, apply for that job. If yeah. God has telling you to start that business, start that business. If God is yeah. telling you to move country, move country. You may not know right now how is it going to happen yeah. or what are you going to lose in it. But I'm telling you, you will gain so much more than what you will lose. Yeah. What you lose will become a, something as a distant memory from yeah. the things that you will gain you will literally feel like wow like i'm so happy and glad that i'm walking in the presence of god even me now i may have lost materialistic things Mm -hmm. back in england i may have left family members and friends but i've never felt at peace in my whole life yeah i've I've never had as much i guess opportunity or never seen my life uh, um so much clearer now i am here because whilst i made the move and now i'm here i've now had people in my life who, are, who want to sow into me. Yeah. I now have people in my life who want to help me with business. I yeah. have people in my life that want to help me with a state. I have yeah. people that I've met here that are literally pushing me into my future and destiny that wasn't happening at home, but because home was so comfortable for me and mm. I knew I could make a living there. Yeah. You know, I, I could have genuinely stayed, but I would have missed out on so much so more. Much more yeah. So I just want to encourage everyone. And I think that's what I say. Like I encourage you all to really make that move of faith. Like if it's move school, move state, move country, um, uh, anything that I've said like honestly make sure you do it because you're going to miss out on so much more if you stay in your flesh and you stay comfortable yeah Otis and I were having a conversation um, sort of just talking about finances and things of that nature and I'm definitely going to have another podcast <clears throat> um, related to that topic of kingdom principles and finances and things of that but I remember one time he said to me you know when he sows when he blesses people um he blesses people or he uses his finances from his destiny standpoint, not what his current financial situation is. You know what I mean? Like it's been over, let me see a couple times, but I've watched people come up to Otis and prophesy to him and tell him that, you know, the word of the Lord over his life is that he won't have to work in five years, you know, and that God is going to bless him financially. And I believe that just by the way that I, you know, just by the way that I observe his characteristics and things of like that, I know the Lord is going to be able to trust him. But I wanted him to expound upon what that meant. Like, what does he mean when he says um, he uses his finances from his destiny and not based on his current situation? So I actually find this actually very interesting because I have recently come to the revelation of it. Um, I think it's something I always knew, but I was always so fearful of what my current situation looked like. It mm-hmm. would not allow me to invest or allow me to sell. I see it like a business as well sometimes. Like the example just came to me. Like sometimes to start a business, you have to invest in a lot of money into something. Yeah. And you may not see the rewards of it straight away. But over time, you will see that investment will turn into profit. And this is what I mean. The Bible talks about reaping what you sow. And the Bible also says, treat others how you want to be treated. I really am someone that relies on kingdom principles and I'm trying to really master them, um, especially in finances over my life. 
the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places. But even though we're seated in heavenly places, our reality right now is on earth. And I say it like this, earth compared to heaven, earth you can say can be as symbolic as a poverty compared to heaven where you have the fullness of everything. Mm -hmm. So just as your current situation, you could currently be struggling with finances. You could currently be struggling and you just feel like I can't give what I want to give because I'm going to end up with no money. But then the Bible says faith without works is dead. You can't have faith in uh, uh, every other opportunity, but when it comes to your finances, you have no faith. Wow. I remember there was a time where I was walking <clears throat> the street and you know, sometimes I just speak to people on the street, um, homeless people, etc. And I was a homeless man and I came, went up to him, I was just speaking to him. Um, he just started confessing his problems and stuff. And, you know, Lord told me to give give him 20 pounds, um, which is in dollars, like probably like 26, 27, I don't know. But um, so I went in my wallet and I, I wanted to see how much money I had in my wallet because at this point I wasn't working and I, I really was struggling with finances. I look at my wallet, all I had to my name was £20. And God told me to give £20 to him. There was a part of me that rolls up straight away in the moment that was like, oh, you can't because this is all you have. But I really had to tell myself to sit down. Mm -hmm. And I gave him the £20. Wow. The next day, I got given £40 by someone because they just wanted to bless me. Now, the principle of that is this. If I was disobedient, I may have never got that £40. I really believe with all my heart, because I was obedient and I saw that £20, I reached double the next day. Yeah. I literally walked away with double because I sold and I was obedient. And, there's, and as I said, the Bible says, treat others how you want to be treated. There's people that there's people that may need something. There's a friend the other day that was talking to me saying that you know she was struggling with particular things, with finances and stuff. And listen... I have moved country. I'm still trying to get my finances up. But I still bless this girl with quite a lot of money, even though I need the money. Because I understand the reaping what you sow. I understand mm. that faith without works is dead. Yeah. I trust that God's going to provide for me. I trust that God saw my heart when I'm sowing these seeds. Yeah. You know, if, if you don't sow seeds, there's, you're not going to get no fruit. We, can't, we expect fruit without sowing seeds. And that is not biblical. It doesn't make sense. There's talks about it in the scripture. Jesus actually cursed a fig tree because it didn't bear no fruit. That's mm. actually demonic. That goes into homosexuality and other stuff. I'm not going into that. But it literally... <laughs> It, he, he cursed the, the fig tree because it bore no fruit. Now, how are you planting seeds that's not bearing fruit? It means that something's wrong with your seed. Either wow. it's your motive or something's wrong. Wow. But when you actually pour a seed and your motive is correct, you have to bear fruit. It's yeah. biblical principles. The, the Bible talks, I don't know where it is, but there's laws of the earth that stand. And one of the laws is reaping what you sow. That's why you have so many worldly people that continue to get money because they understand the principle of reaping what you sow. There's there's someone called um, Richard Branston. Uh, I think he's the one who who's... A head of a company called Virgin. Uh -huh. This man gives to so many charities, so many organizations, and he's one of the richest people alive. Now, how can a man who gives millions and thousands continue to be one of the richest alive? Because he understands the principle that if I give, I'm going to reap. It's yeah. a principle that's not just for the godly, but it's a principle that's for those Come who are on. in the earth. But what's happening is the Muslims, the the, the Buddhists, wow. the, the, the worldly people have understood these principles that are in our Bible, but we still live in such a poverty mindset where we in the church are struggling because we don't want to use biblical principles 
tools that the world is now using. Wow. So that's why the world is exalted and the world is actually going one place and we look like we're struggling behind yeah. because we are not using the Bible. But it's funny that other books and other authors are taking scriptures Literally. and are taking laws out of the yes. Bible and are using it for their own advancement. Wow. This is why the church is struggling. This mm. is why there's so many uh, people with poverty mindsets. This is why there's so many people who are literally struggling for money. It's yeah. what a simple fact is you are too afraid that you're going to lose more than what you're going to gain. Wow. So now, first off, what you just said is it, it shows that the Bible is just sovereign, right? God's law is God's law. When you see Period. God's law manifest for people who don't even believe in him, you see how sovereign he is. You see how his law and his word goes and his principles still apply. You know what I mean? Regardless of who believes in him or not. The Bible says if I if you are trusted with little things, he will make you ruler over many. He that is faithful with least is faithful with much. Yeah. I have seen people who don't even love the Lord. Atheists, people who are Buddhist, Muslims, who don't even believe in Jesus. Yeah. I have seen them be faithful over the little and they were, I mean, in a sense, blessed with much. And even though they don't believe in the Lord, God's principles still apply to this earth because he's the creator of it. Yes. You know what I mean? So I remember you were just talking about a poverty mindset. What is that? What, what is, is a poverty pover mindset? What is a poverty mindset? A poverty mindset is not living in the identity that God has called you to live in. Hmm. God has never caused people or he never wants people to lack. Yeah. If God is the source of all things, then I really truly believe that God wants you to have the right finances, not just the right emotional ability, yeah. not, not, not just the right mental ability, but even the right financial stability. I agree. So you can actually bless and give to others. Yes. God doesn't want poor Christians. He wants rich Christians. He yeah. wants Christians with wealth. Yeah. How can the church go forward without wealth? How? So go back to the question, what do I think a poverty mindset is? I think a poverty mindset roots in selfishness. Mm. I think a poverty mindset roots in everything to do with self. When when you have experienced or grew up in in a household that struggles for money you know like even myself you know there was times where my mom would always say i have no money i got no money i got no money all of a sudden now i'm going up and i have a bit of money but i'm still saying i got no money i got no money i got mm. no money it literally all goes down to selfishness it wow. all goes down to you not knowing one biblical principles but two who you are when you wow. know who you are then you understand that wherever you go favor follows you yeah. you understand wherever you go finances shall follow you if you do the correct principles of the law yeah so yeah that's why i say a poverty mindset is a selfish mindset it's a mindset that thinks that you really do lack it's it's we have we have so many christians that have poverty mindsets and as i said before that's why they're just not reaping nothing wow that's why they're really not reaping anything to to grow plants to grow trees to have fruit you need to sow seeds yeah people want to sow everything but money Mm. <laughs> it doesn't it's make true. sense we'll get prophetic words on the spot exactly but they want to sell everything but money but then you still say i surrender all mm. you clearly don't yeah there's a there's a there's a there's a selfishness that people have with money the bible says that money is the root of all evil and i really believe that is part of it yeah money gives the root of all evil because it brings a level of selfishness yeah. It brings a level of, of self-content. It brings a level of self, 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 self. Yeah. And that was the same way Satan died. I want to be this. Yeah. I want to be that. And that's like me saying, I want to keep my money. I don't want to yeah. give. I don't have it. Or it's, it's a selfish mindset. Yeah. And it all, selfishness is all roots in pride. So yeah. Yeah. just to clarify, um, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, 
it's just that you misspoke. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I know you were in the moment, but I just want to say that for the people that are listening, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, the love of money is the yeah. root of evil. When you love so, when you love money so much, yeah. you're going to keep it for yourself. Yeah, because you just see it as so as being so selfish. You understand? Yeah. So you said something about the church is called to be wealthy. Um, God doesn't want poor Christians, and a lot of people would be very offended with that statement. A lot of people disagree with that statement. I agree with it. I don't believe that. You know, God wants Christians to be poor. It's not to say that if Christians are struggling with poverty or they're poor financially, that they're less in the sight of God. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that God desires to bless them. And it's not to say that it's always their fault. You know, sometimes, you know, a demonic system of financial oppression rises up like one that rose up in the U.S. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To keep certain groups and certain ethnic groups of people um, below the poverty line. Um, so I guess my question to you is, what do you say to people who deal with that, you know, and confront you with something like that saying, well, it wasn't my fault. You know, there was a system that was set in place. You know what I mean? Cause we got to be understanding. So it's like, there was a sitting, there was a system that was set in place to make sure that I would not have finances. And why do you feel that all Christians should have money? You know what I mean? Because people have questions and people get offended when you say stuff like that. Yeah. Well, to answer the first question, it may not have been your fault, but it's your responsibility to get out of it. Mm. It may not have been our fault we was born into sin, but it's our responsibility to come out of it. Wow. It's our choice to choose to live for Christ. It's a wow. choice. So it may not have been your fault. It may not have been uh, um, you didn't intend for your life to be brought up that way. You didn't intend for your finances to be the way it is. But at the end of the day, you have to take ownership and you have to be responsible. Wow. So it may not have been your fault, but you are responsible to where you go forward from now. Wow. That's the answer to the first question. The second question was, you was asking, what did you ask? I was just going to say, like, how do you respond to people who say that they disagree with the idea or the concept that Christians shouldn't be poor okay so to me that's just bogus i think i think like let me flip it why would god want poor christians yeah does that even sound right like and and you're gonna have those people that are so attached to their poverty say things like oh so he can get the glory out of their lives god, god don't get no glory in, in being in poverty yeah. I don't get no glory being homeless. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think the church is trying to help out the homeless? Wow. Why do you think the church is trying to help out the widows? All these people that lack, we're trying to help out. The Bible talks about trying to give all these things to these kind of people. Why? Because they're insufficient and God wants to make them sufficient in yeah. all of their ways. Yeah. You understand? So, yo, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I am, not also, I am not saying as well that God can't use someone who's in a poverty state. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I do not believe it's the intent and the will of God to keep people in a poverty state, mm-hmm. to keep people with lack of. God can get the glory out of anything. Let's get that sorted. God can get the glory out of your disobedience. That doesn't mean he wanted you to be disobedient. Wow. God got the glory out of Jonah when he ran away, but he made a fish and then he turned back. The glory of God showed up in that moment because he created, the Bible says he created a fish, which means that he, there was a fish that was never on the earth before, but he created a fish from the glory of God, specifically for Jonah. Because when he was in there three days and three nights, which symbolizes Jesus going down for three days and three nights, it's exactly the same, which turned him back to go the way that God intended he wanted him to go. So God may not want you to be disobedient, but he will get the glory out of your disobedience. So mm. I'll say that as the same example as God do, doesn't want you to be in poverty, doesn't want you to be poor, but if you're going to live that way he will still get the glory out of your life yeah so why do you think people get offended with this type of statement because they don't let it go 
They, they, they don't. I feel like that we are not responsible. Hmm. I feel like we are not responsible people. I feel wow. like we want things given to us, and when it's not given, we can't be blamed. Hmm. I, you know, I feel like God has given so much strategies, so much ideas for us to create money, to to bring yeah. money, to be wealthy. You know, as I said, like the gates of hell shall not prevail. Wow, <laughs> against the church. Yeah, poverty is a hellish mindset. Yeah. Poverty will not prevail against the church. So why are you letting it prevail against you? Mm. Everything's a choice. Everything in life is a choice. Yeah. And listen, like I said, you may have grew up in poverty, but if you stay in poverty for the rest of your life, I'm sorry, but it's a choice. Mm. I'm going to say something. Unless you're in a tribal bush in Africa somewhere, in a tree, and that's just the way God wanted that to live. Let's yeah. just, before someone tries to bring that so example. I'm going to say something now. Okay. You're a black man. I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, yeah. You're a black man. You have dealt with racism. You've been oppressed. What do you say? What do you say to stuff like that? Because it's, if people were to say, if people were, to, this is what people, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they think this. You know what I mean? They do. So how dare you, as a black man, say something like that when your people have been oppressed financially? Okay, and I'll be like, listen, mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah, and you are right. Yeah, we have been oppressed. Yeah, but we have not been defeated. Wow. You understand? We've been oppressed, which means we've got beaten down or it makes it harder. Yeah. But again, if you don't want to put in the hard work, yeah. then you're always going to stay in that place. Life may not be fair. Life isn't fair. White right, privilege and all this stuff. Unfortunately, we live in that world that happens. Does that mean due to that, you're not going to try your best to be as rich as you want to be? Due to the fact that it's, you know, black people have a lot of things that are going against them, which yes, we understand. And yes, it is wrong and we know it's wrong. Yeah. But just because more things are going against you should not demotivate you from becoming just as privileged as the white person. Mm. So for those that say we have dealt with this, yes, we have. The black people have dealt with a lot. Slavery, so much things that white people can get on a plate. I understand that. But if that's your excuse, I'd say grow up. If that's your excuse to stop you right now, grow up. Wow. It shouldn't stop you. It should motivate you. Mm. Like, I don't get why things, discouragement really demotivates people. I think it was the owner of KFC or, or someone. He uh, It was a story. He had a recipe and went to a hundred or something people. And they kept saying, no, 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 no. Till that one person said yes. I think to myself, imagine he stopped at the 99 and not didn't go to that 100. Mm. Imagine he stopped at the first or the second or the third. Listen, half of us can't even get past the fourth or fifth. This man went over 100 people yeah. and eventually one person believed in his idea. Wow. He had enough. In the, the discouragement and the belief in himself encouraged him enough mm. to continue to knock on doors till one person said yes. And all of a sudden, one of the richest men alive and KFC branches are all over the world. Why? Because the discouragement and the things that were against him did not stop him, but it motivated him to be one of the richest and have one of the richest franchises in the world. Hmm. You know, I always say, even with what you're saying about being black, in the way that I live my life, first off, I love being black. I praise the Lord every day that I'm black. Hallelujah. I love black. Yes, we do. You know what I mean? Black is beautiful. <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. But because I am now Christian um, and because I am a son of God, I am a son of God mm -hmm. before I am anything to the natural eye. That's good. So before you look at me as, you know, a nappy headed black man <laughs> with a afro and a taper and glasses, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I am... A Christian I've been marked by Christ and that's 
the perspective that I live by. Yeah. Not as a black male. Like, and it's not to say that I negate the fact that I'm black. Yeah. Because I am. And I recognize that there's things that may have been set up against me to make sure that I fail. But before, when I'm in a situation, when I'm in a situation where I have to show character, when I have to control myself, my first thought is not, okay, I'm a black man. My first thought is, how would Jesus handle this situation? There's a difference. You know? I think that's good. I think that's really good. And as you were saying that, like, it may brought me back to kind of what I was saying before. Like, God will make and give the take the glory out of every situation. Yeah. God purposely chose you as a black man. And anyone who's listening, if you're black, colored, brown, whatever, God purposely chose you as black and brown. God purposely knew and chose you to have the odds against you mm. because he knew that you could do it. Wow. He purposely made you black so he can purposely show you his glory in your life. But you have to meet with that assignment in order to see that glory manifest. Wow. God made me black. He made you black. He made all these black men, women, Asian, Chinese. Yeah. You know, he made us all the colors for a reason. Certain white people have got it easy. God knew what he was doing. Yeah. Certain black people also have it easy. God knew what he was doing. Yeah. The majority of black people don't have it easy. Yeah. But God made you black because he put something inside of you to break that system. Mm. He put something inside you to go above that system. But we don't see it like that yeah. because we see everything from a carnal worldly perspective. Yeah. But when you know that you actually see it in heavenly places and we declare things from heaven down, not earth up. Then we understand that when we speak these things and when we walk in the authority that God has given us and we understand that God literally wants to take all the glory from our lives, that we as black people can actually prosper if we actually rely on, on the plans God has for us. Yeah. Does God want there to be injustice in the world? No. So trust his plan for black people to get back up there. Yeah. Trust his plan. And we know that the world is going dark and the world is going evil, but yeah. love still prevails. Mm. And God continue loves his black people with his white people in Asia. He loves yeah. us. He loves his black people. So... Uh, yeah i guess i'll say that wow it's powerful Whew. i want to do this again <laughs> but we've been talking for 55 minutes that's crazy yeah, quick. Bro. is anything you want to say before we wrap this up no i just i just hope anyone who listened or is going to listen to this really is encouraged and you know i hope you find motivation in this from the beginning to the end some motivation some wisdom you know and also if you listen to this and you're not saved you know i really pray and hope that you really will yeah go for jesus like yes, give give him a go the bible says taste and see that he yeah. is good a tasting is a gradual process to know you like something you have to taste it which means a few bites if you choose mm. i know some people have had church hurt and understand that i'll give you an example i i may not make chicken the way you like chicken but that doesn't mean the chicken's actually bad you just didn't like the way i had it mm. and we understand there's so many corrupt churches out there this is the corrupt there's corrupt everything yeah you know there's people in churches right now there's pastors in churches right now who are corrupt yeah and we can own up and we can say that yeah you know some people put themselves in positions where they shouldn't be in positions and unfortunately mm -hmm. some people go under them not yeah. knowing but were innocent hearted to get to know christ but instead they got to know the man yeah but i'm saying and i encourage you get to know jesus even if you don't necessarily want to go to church for whatever reason right now because of church yeah. hurt or you're just um discouraged because of the church or what they've done to you or this or how they are bringing themselves right now or you just don't like it yeah by yourself 
Just say little prayers, call on the name of Jesus and I'm telling you, he will meet you where you are. Don't be surprised if you get dreams. Don't mm. be surprised even if you read little Bible scriptures that certain things to start coming to you. Yeah. I'm telling you, Jesus wants to meet you he and he wants to give you an expected end. He has a hope and a love and a joy and, and a peace that you uh -huh, haven't uh -huh. got right now that he <laughs> He wants you to have. Like Even some of you right now listening, like you may suffer with depression and you may suffer with anxiety, you may suffer with all these things, but through Jesus, these things really fade away yeah. you know there's a song we sing and it says um, let all the other names fade away until there's only you and then that names isn't just uh, gradual names but it's depression the name of anxiety the name of death the name mm. of fear you know all those oppressive names that try to oppress our heart our mind and our emotion you know God is really trying to show you that if you give these things unto me or if you call upon your, uh, my name I will show you that my name is literally the name above all names and in that moment and in that breath I will show you that I am the Lord of Lords that no matter what king or your boss or your job that tries to control you i am lord over that and i am the alpha and omega which means i am the beginning and i am the end and i formed you before you was even born in your mother's womb so it's like god really just wants to show you that every intent that he has for you is to prosper and is of love and he really wants to bring you out of every circumstance and out of everything that you're going through right now so i just encourage anyone who's listening to just really rely on jesus and really give him a go it was the best decision i ever did so. me too so yeah yes sir well we're gonna end this here that was dope appreciate you bro yeah man love you man love you too bro all right y'all well i'll see y'all on the next episode be blessed what is going on beautiful people i appreciate the listening and the support to the christ convo podcast if you received any form of insight on this last episode leave a review on spotify on apple music whichever source you listen to this podcast i will be back for a new episode stay tuned be blessed